you enjoyed today's episode of friendology here's something to be said about when things don't go the way they should right <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes that happens even uh, amongst um friendships doesn't it Binyam, you're the master of <laughs> making applications work eh? <laughs> uh, that's how i might often think so yeah, you know it's yeah, just like okay here we're just gonna roll it in right love and it. one of the things i love about these podcasts for myself i know i intentionally don't uh edit them just because i um i don't think life we can't really edit life right and so sometimes it's just rolling with the punches when i'm making my videos sometimes i go like 50 60 times before i get it right right and it's like okay i wish i could just do this one flow and not worry about how it comes out mm-hmm. but i like the the dynamic of our podcast honestly um listeners i don't edit our, our podcast just so you can catch a flavor of real life happening when stuff isn't working the way it should see it's still paused on the, the on the music right there too huh. but that's all right we're thrilled to have you join today's episode we are talking about adults and friendships so the question is is it more difficult for adults to make friendships why or why not? This is a topic that Joshua broached a few weeks back. Joshua, what was on your radar when you were like, hey, consider this? Um, uh, so, oh, so many things. I mean, one, just reading up on this topic. Two, just the experience of of my own life and, and my desire for friendships in and how that and my my desire and my love and, and my you know search and journey for friendships, but mm-hmm. then also the various barriers and that that have come up along the way. But then also I think as you know my kids are young and I notice them and their connections with friends, it's um, you know mm-hmm. made uh, made for a good uh, opportunity to ponder that and and how friendships change over the lifespan. So yeah. Mm, very good. I think it's one of those meaningful um, topics that we should be talking about because whereas I would almost guess based on what I know of you, Joshua, you're one of those individuals that doesn't have trouble reaching out and making friends and connections. I'm guessing. <laughs> we'll find out. My perception is as such, he may correct me, but for the vast majority, there is a huge struggle um, of trying to express interest, trying to reach out and form those stable connections in friendships and how that evolves too, how that grows, how that builds up over time. And so it's going to be interesting to hear what you guys have to say. Frank. What? Introductory remarks. What do you think on this topic here? Just at the surface oh, level. It's an interesting topic to me because I think it's um, a, a belief that I held for many years as an adult that it's far too difficult to make friends as an adult. Mm. So yeah, it's something I've thought about mm-hmm. um, and it's a process I've kind of gone through um, so yeah, I, I'm actually really interested to delve into this topic. Mm. And so I was laughing earlier when you mentioned that joke about that thing about Joshua. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think I know a single person on the planet that has more friends than Joshua. Oh wow. <laughs> See, I'm not sure if I have that perception. My perception of Joshua is that um, he can make friends with a rock. 
Yes. Uh, well, okay. That, yeah. Isn't that kind of the same thing? No. Like, you're, you, I, I, what I heard you say is that he has the most friends. Right. Whereas I'm saying he has the ability to connect with almost anyone, including a rock. This is true. Yeah. This so is the, true. The, the I guess those kind of go hand in hand, though, don't they? <laughs> uh, I guess they could. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It was, I've, I've known Joshua for a number of years. Yes. And I think even a year into it, I would come here and there'd be some person that he's known for years that I've never met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can see that, I can see that. What? Yeah, yeah. There's um, always someone new. <laughs> so in the course of the conversation, it'll be intriguing to hear your guys' perspectives on why it may be a challenge for, I'm going to suggest, the majority of folks to find those kind of stable friendships. Even though that's the desire, I'm guessing, because, you know, as social beings, we... A lot of people, yeah. Right. Most yeah. people. I think so. And especially people listening to this I podcast. I think so. I think, think so. I think so. Yeah, absolutely. If they didn't care about friendships whatsoever, they probably wouldn't be listening, right? True enough. It's like, well, do you think there are those individuals who, who actually legitimately say, I could do without anyone in my life socially? Yes. Okay. Tell us and a little bit about those. And uh, I've done therapy with um, some of those individuals. Okay. They're rare. I'm yeah. not. I'm yeah. not at all saying that they're the majority sure. representative. Sure. Of, but um, but yeah, some people and and we'll probably perhaps maybe now's the time, but we'll get yeah. into other, otherwise the topic of trust. Right. And how when people have life experiences of having their trust um, smashed or shattered then their natural reaction or response to that is to mm. isolate, is to mm. avoid. So in many cases, people are, are either don't want friendships or they're just, they just want, they're happy with surface interaction. I mean, right. you have to live your life. Sure. You have to, you know, go to work, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And so many people are like, that's, that's all it will ever be. Mm. And I don't ever want to open up. I see. Or to get deeper with anybody right, else. Right, right. And then you fall into the habit, habitual lifestyle of spending all your spare time, you know, doing puzzles and watching Netflix, you know, then you can live a life like that. I'm not saying it's a good life. <laughs> You're describing the individual who, because of past experiences, has said no to social opportunities. But what I'm asking mm -hmm. is, are, is there anyone who hasn't had that past of, of um, social um discomfort or disillusion or something like that but legitimately says i'm just not interested in people period or would you say from your vantage point almost everyone is socially inclined at some level um i would say almost everyone yeah. is naturally socially yeah. inclined yeah. unless there's there's some form of uh, um Past psychological problem. injury yeah. social injury i could make sense almost yeah. everyone sure. i'm sure that there's probably some person yeah. or you know very very rare yeah. person that yeah. hasn't had that psychological injury that gotcha. just wants to isolate but yeah. i i don't think i've ever met someone like that good maybe a good starting point for us would be why are we talking about adults having difficulty instead of just humans in general having difficulty let's contrast maybe like growing up as kids into adulthood and what maybe shifts to make it more difficult hence the question for why adults may have more difficulty in general uh. Is that a, a, a yeah, good starting point? Absolutely. Okay. Good. Good. What shifts as you move from childhood to adulthood exactly. in terms? Yeah. Well, one thing that I'll throw right out there mm -hmm. is, um, and I think this example came up in a previous podcast of watching my kids, especially when they were young, yeah. go to the you know McDonald's play place or sure. whatever play place for that matter. Yeah. Um, and 
they immediately make friends. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And it's, yeah. it was so easy. It was yeah. just like, oh, you're another kid. You're yeah. roughly my age. Yeah. And you want to play? Yeah. We have the same end goal. Sure. Let's be friends. Sure. Yeah. I mean, not lifelong friends, obviously. Yeah. And yeah. there's obviously no vulnerability and depth of those connections. But the ease of it. Yeah. Yeah. Nonetheless, yeah. Um, was was particularly striking, and I noticed that, mm-hmm. and I and it made me reflect on how you know all of these you shouldn't and you should of becoming an adult get in the way mm-hmm. of having those easy you know mm-hmm. um, break the ice connections mm-hmm. as an adult. Yeah. So that's one thing I think that shifts. Is there anything else? Yeah. What do you guys think? I think it's. Um people get busy mm. they get busy like when you're a kid um you have time like, it's sort of like like this dynamic of these um these kind of like these long uh, summer vacations of, of you know spending day after day after day with the same group of kids mm-hmm. uh, roaming the neighborhood and doing that type <laughs> I remember thing, you know? that oh uh, yeah that that kind, of, like, <laughs> that kind of stuff like 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 eight hours a day with your same kind of you know passing kind of gaggle of geese running around um <laughs> That that doesn't happen as an adult. Mm. You get you get busy. You get a job. You you're you know you got to do your your evening activities and and your. Um, but if you have kids you, of your own, and then you're, yeah, you have kids. Uh, work can get crazy, um, and, and there's a lot expected of you. Mm. Um, and so at that point, then your availability goes way down. So I think that's one thing that that's a huge difference. And then add to that. Maybe some of the like, the kind of like psychological damage that happens to you as you grow up, and yeah. you be, like go through the teenage years and sort of like experiences that make you lose trust, um, and and that that kind of thing, um, or or just yeah, or just kind of like uh, experiencing being hurt, uh, or being let down by people that you really cared about, or or experience feeling like. Uh, I don't know, like you're singled out in some situations or, or not, not belonging, uh, to, you know, the right kind of crowd or the mm-hmm. right kind of group or being made feel, feel less than, mm-hmm. uh, growing up. I think that all of these kind of things still linger in the back of your mind mm-hmm. as an adult. And, Absolutely. and then, yeah, then you kind of like, it all kind of adds up to, um, uh, you know, this kind of mindset. Well, uh, I'm too busy and, um, I have a lot going on, and and I uh, and, and they don't really like me anyway. So why should I invest in that? Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. I think that those are factors that that in my mind add to like, like contribute to the fact that it may seem that it's more difficult to ba- build friendships mm-hmm. when you have kind of all those obstacles to overcome. Whereas as you when you're a kid, it's, it's simple. You meet someone and you play with them. Kind of like Joshua was saying. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would even add, so uh, first of all, yeah, 100% agree with everything what you said there. And um, even another era of, of our life, though, to add to that is is when we, you know, perhaps not everyone, but go into dorms um, or go into university or college or something like that. Mm-hmm. And especially if you live in dorms, mm-hmm. like though, then you're spending all your life together or if you have roommates Mm -hmm. for example Mm -hmm. um as as a young bachelor you know you live in a house with you know four other roommates or whatever like those sorts of times are as you as you're describing you know in the summer as a kid it's like you're spending all your time together and 
yeah, the depth is going to be there. The the familiarity develops and becomes rock solid mm-hmm. versus like, you know, you, you become an adult, you're like, you know, you've got a super hyper busy career. You're working, you know, 65 hours a week, say whatever. And then you've got kids and then you've got, you know, partners, perhaps family, all of those things. And, um, it's it's really it's really tough sometimes you're like oh we'll have to schedule you know three weeks in advance on just for a saturday evening games night with a friend like yeah <laughs> let alone so remember back in the day you go over to before cell phones right you go over to your neighbor's house what do you do you knock on the door hey can billy come I up to play i remember that yeah, <laughs> yeah that's like, what it was who does that nowadays <laughs> that's what it was i'm gonna come to your house frank and the door, can frank come up to play yeah. <laughs> that's literally what uh, it was <laughs> yeah. Interesting. so times change for sure i, was thinking of I mean times change but but a- aging like i mean even yeah, yeah. Yeah, is I guess our point. Anyways. I was thinking of an analogy while you guys were sharing about um, a kid who may have an easier time making friends, but then I was also thinking in another um, paradigm how kids, when they fall down and hurt themselves, it's not as serious because the fall isn't as great, right? But as you're growing up, when you fall down, it's a longer way down, and you hurt yourself a lot more, right? Or so it seems to me, and it seems like there's a parallel there with friendships in youth. Um, it's uh, it's easier going because you're like, oh, you don't want to play? No worries. You don't take offense there as easier, right? You're just like, okay, moving on. I'll find the next peer in the playground or whoever is going to be interested in playing. Whereas as you grow older, it seems there's a lot more vested sense of rejection that may be in, uh, like there that that's intuited at some level. I don't know if I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just, I don't have stats or, yeah. or data to yeah. back up this, but I think that's more of a function of the individual than it is the age. What do you mean? Um, people that are older can be sensitive to rejection. People mm-hmm. that are younger can mm-hmm. be also very sensitive to rejection. Okay. Um, and so I think it's a person thing, not uh, uh, not now. Gotcha. It's probably different if you're talking like a toddler. You know, toddlers probably don't they care. Probably they don't perceive as much. You're right. It's, I see. It's a point. developed self-esteem thing. Good point. And it can change. It can grow. It can. It, it can get worse. But mm. um, really, some you know, some people will live their whole life and mm. not care if someone mm. rejects. Not rejects them, but doesn't want to be their friend. They're like, whatever, moving on. Gotcha. Their whole life. Gotcha. And other people can be the other end where they care, mm-hmm. but they've always cared. So then, I guess, would that make it just as difficult for young people to make friendships then? Instead of making the distinction for why is it more difficult for adults to make friendships, if young people have that access to feeling those senses of of breaks in extensions of desire to connect with other people. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying there? Thank I'm you. trying to see the parallels here and saying yeah. uh, the perception we're operating on is as you grow older, hey, it gets a lot more difficult. And Frank, I think you were suggesting maybe it gets uh, a lot more difficult because life gets more complex. You uh-huh. have more commitments. You don't have time to do yep. even what we're doing right now, right? What we're doing right now, we're carving time out. This isn't easy for us, right? When I came over, Joshua, you were lying on your couch relaxing right <laughs> do you know what i'm saying and and like you're in, in your element kind of thing right yeah. but to do this it actually takes intention it takes time it takes energy it takes a lot out of you right um frank you had to drive across town to make it here right mm-hmm. um i had to drive halfway across town because i'm <laughs> halfway between the two of you you know but again this is not the common norm for most adults yes because legitimately 
you got your single moms who have like negative time available. Right. Right. They're just like, absolutely. You've got, um, um, commitments by way of this organization or this board you have to be on or driving the kids here and the doc kid there and all these kind of things that sort of take up. So maybe there's more complications time-wise on adults and their responsibilities because we got to pay for the bills and the home and food and all that kind of stuff. And, and fun just doesn't seem to creep in to facilitate friendships that can be uh, a significant part of our experience. Here's another factor, though, What's too. And, and so by bringing this up, I'm mm-hmm. bringing some complexity to okay. the, the black and white concept that it it's harder to make friends as you get older. I think mm-hmm. in some ways it may be easier okay. in the sense that I think that people are less cruel, less mean, less vindictive. People are more generally, at least at the very least on the surface, mm. they're kinder the older that you get. Mm. Whereas especially in the teenage land like yeah. kids can be really cruel mm. or younger yet i mean my kids are you know adolescents and they're you know all struggling with you know the odd kid here and there at school and mm-hmm. and, and, and not necessarily outright bullying though that does happen mm-hmm. <laughs> um mm-hmm. but just yeah the cruelty of and not just the cruelty but then i'll add another component too and this is one thing that i struggled with as mm. a young child is mm-hmm. that I've always loved the depth of connection, depth okay. of communication, depth, depth of conversation, mm-hmm. and, and not just talk about the surface level stuff. Sure. And younger kids, um, they don't have those abilities yet, in many cases. I mean, some exceptions, of course, right? Um, whereas um, older adults, especially the really older ones, or they're just like, you know, the seniors, they're just, I don't care what mm-hmm. anybody thinks in, mm-hmm. of me. I'm just going to, this is how Something. I feel. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're more open. Mm. Their, um, their connections, I would say on average anyways, mm-hmm. um, ha- could get more deeper and more, um, quality of connections in mm-hmm. theory. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Which actually brings up another, um, we're talking about lifespan. Mm-hmm. What about when you retire? <laughs> so my mother mm-hmm. <clears throat> has spent several winters um, in Arizona okay. with the what do they call it, snowbirds? snowbirds mm-hmm. yeah. And she's telling me about how these communities. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they're all retired, right? Yeah. Or at least for the the months that they're that they're, they're there, happy. they're retired, and yeah. they've got all the time in the world. Sure. So they, they, it's like they've gone back to those dorm oh, no years, way. and they've developed these really amazing close connections wow. they don't they're empty empty nesters they don't have yeah. kids that they're caring but for yeah. they don't have a job yeah. all they got is time yeah. right yeah. so maybe our theory oh. is that it gets harder it gets harder it gets harder and you retire it gets really easy <laughs> well here's the thing i was just talking to an older lady today um leanne's mom actually um leanne uh, so we were having this conversation about how I, I I made a comment to her like when I was with them a few days ago, and the comments I said was I'm not the same person I was uh, today, like in my fa- last five years. Or and so she wanted to follow up on the comment. She said, "So what did you mean about that? About that?" I said, "Well, honestly, I change over time. I'm learning. I'm." She said, "What kind of change?" And I told her about my life progression, and then she made the comments. She said, "As you get older, it seems that you you give 
less care about the things that really mattered when you were younger. You were like a lot more black and white when you were in your 20s, perhaps. You were a lot more ideological. Whereas as you grow older and life experience kicks in, you're like, oh, it's not a big deal. And so you were just reminding me of that, which I wonder if that facilitates and opens up more opportunities to connect with people, regardless of things that once upon a time you're like, no, I'm not hanging out with that person. Like, that's crazy. They're just weird or whatever yeah, else, right? Yeah, I think so. I think I think that's a component. Sure, sure, it's sure. The only, uh, factor. No, it is no, no, no. Factor, yeah. But then even further, um, picking up on what you were saying before, and that is uh, if adults may be a lot more gracious than young people, because young people can be mean, I was trying to put that in the in the filter of my experience as an immigrant when I was young. So you could probably speak to this, Frank, as well. And that is when I was young, moving here, it took me a few years to connect. There was some mean kids along the way, too. Yes, I agree with that. I wonder, though, if there isn't that same expression, but more subtle or more um, clever in its expression amongst adults, where they kind of give off those cues that I'm not interested or, oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. They're just not as overt about no. being rude about is what yes. you're saying. Yes, especially in this mm-hmm. culture that we're in, right? No, I think that that's true. Yeah. That, that, I think it's just a maturity thing as okay. well. Yeah, you it's know, a maturity thing. Especially as teenagers. And mm. Starting yeah. hormones are raging and they have no filter. And uh, they certainly they feel probably... Uh, cooler amongst their friends if they're mm. if they're you know mm-hmm. being rotten to someone i can see that uh, yeah, that's so, i yeah. certainly was on the butt end of that a fair amount in uh in my teen years not so much in high school but in junior high mm-hmm. um that was <laughs> that's uh i think that's that's a tough time it's a tough time to mm-hmm. to get through i didn't experience it then by then i was in yeah. the um good books of like everyone by yeah. high school but i could see that being the experience of so many others there so i definitely had what you experienced as well you did as as a uh six-year-old moving across oh, the I world see, i see to come to this frozen wasteland um, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah like it was just weird like the kids were yeah the kids were um i don't know not necessarily welcoming uh, um i think i still made friends yeah. pretty quickly yeah but it was just like it was traumatic being <clears throat> yeah being supplanted uh, so far away from where i was living um, but I also had thoughts on what Joshua was saying. It's interesting. Hmm. Um, I do find, yes, that there are many seniors that tend to congregate in these communities and things like that. Oh, yeah. And they, 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 they kind of reforge a lot of friendships and a lot of socialization. Um, but it, what's funny is that um, my parents are so the opposite of that. And I think it's just my mom is such an ultra introvert. Mm. Uh, so she's found her happy place living in this house out on, on uh, off of Vancouver Island. And her happy place is, is her garden and her birds and stuff. Mm. And she loads people. <laughs> my father, I think, would probably like to, to socialize more. So he does try to get engaged in, in a number of the things that they have going on there, like various, uh, you know, discussion groups and, and clubs and whatnot. Um, but yeah, my mom is like, yeah. <laughs> I think she might be unique in that sense. Okay. And they, I know they would both, uh, really not like living with other seniors, mm. but, um, they, they do seek out socialization and they do, did tell me that, um, they had reconnected with a lot of their friends from their twenties because now they all had grown up kids that were gone off and were living their own lives. And all of a sudden they had all this free time. 
Mm. Um, so there, there's definitely that piece as well. Mm. My parents are reverse of what you're describing. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that explains a lot. I, I, think, I think it. Uh, I think it brings up a, a really good point. Well, one is introversion, extroversion. So okay. obviously, extroverts are. I mean, perhaps they're more likable depending on other personality characteristics like agreeableness, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, specifically, they're more motivated to to get more friends, and yep. therefore they're going to get more friends, etc. Whereas introverts, so that's not so much speaking to the um, how hard is it to to make no. friends. It's more about a personal motivation to to make friends. But I think it brings up a nice like connected point of. Let, that, let, let's just be honest and it's hard to hear that some people are um, they want to make friends mm-hmm. but they're not desire, as desirable as a potential friend it's they harsh have, to say that they have but the, it's true they don't have this, the social skills perhaps it's social skills perhaps it's um, status it could be mm-hmm. it could be uh, emotional uh, I guess that's more social as well um, appearance, could like be appearance. All, yeah. it could be so could be um similar or or some form of, of cultural background interests or 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 um okay. yeah interests um um what do you call it um activities that you know you might share with other people like okay. people that are very for example people that are open mm-hmm. hey you want to do this sure i'm there mm-hmm. are probably going to be whereas people are i only like doing this and this and that's mm-hmm. it um you're going to have a harder time finding friends right yeah so um, desirability, really, it's a factor. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. I would say, like um, like introversion, extroversion, desirability. I mean, it can change over a lifespan, but mm-hmm. it's an it's an issue for younger and older alike. I don't mm-hmm. know that it necessarily uh, it changes much mm-hmm. in terms of the percentage of people that are desirable versus not mm-hmm. over a lifespan. However. I have a theory mm. on going back to the introversion extroversion point. I think um, that more, far more children, younger children, are extroverted, and that uh, in contrast to adults or, or even teenage years and beyond. Because mm-hmm. I mean, you see, for example, take any kid to you know one of those treehouse places and they become an extrovert, <laughs> right? Most kids, like ninety-five yeah. percent yeah. of kids. Whereas, <laughs> you know, yeah. adults, it's what, 50-50, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think, anyways, that's that's just a side theory. But. I was going to make um, maybe an assertion that I'd like to have you guys challenge. I think at the heart of it, with the question, why do, do adults find it more difficult to make friends? I think at the heart of it is fear, expressions of fear in, in various ways. Then let me just pause it before I move on and ask the follow-up sure. question. Do you guys want to challenge that, or do you also kind of agree? Do you think that's the heart? Is fear is that is that's at the heart? That's what I'm suggesting. Uh, I don't think I think that that's one big reason. Okay. I don't think that that's the necessarily the main reason. Okay. I think that there are many other reasons. For example, lack of time. Someone may genuinely want to and have no fear. They just don't have time. Gotcha. To, gotcha. To, to actually build a friendship, like they can have an acquaintance, they can yeah. meet people, yeah. but to actually build a deeper friendship, yeah. they just don't have time. For example. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, there's a, a reason I'm asking if we can get to the heart of why we think, in relation to the question. What would you suggest would be the heart of 
what is really feeling the the difficulty? Uh, I think for me, it's like um, the fear around it, like sort of like taking the plunge and making that commitment mm-hmm. to someone. Mm-hmm. Um, I certainly, I'm slow to warm up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, it's going to be a while before um, I, for example, meet someone and like invite them over to my house. I'm much more likely to want to meet someone in a, in a public setting first mm-hmm. or, or meet them in a group setting at their house kind of thing. And I don't know. Maybe that's, that's my, I get it. It's my own hang up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's for me, it's like, um, at what point do I decide that I'm, I'm, I, you know, I like this person enough that I'm going to make that emotional investment, um, to, to, you know, let them in, mm-hmm. uh, so to speak. And, um, so yeah, I, I, I think I do have a fear of kind of like, uh, it's going to go badly or, mm-hmm. or they're just, they're not going to be genuine and sincere. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're mm-hmm. not, you know, it's sort of like a, a, lot, a lot of what ifing mm-hmm. that goes mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. So then you, you kind of like th- feel in your head, well, why did I make that investment in the mm-hmm. first place? If they're just going to act phony or, or not sure. follow through anyways. Yeah. Um, so for, yeah, I think, and so like I, I, I asked you guys an, yeah. an example, um, uh, just in terms of like uh, context, um, so you guys are both extroverts. So like, picture yourself walking into um, basically like a hall with I don't know, like 500 or a thousand people mm-hmm. all like enjoying mm-hmm. a beer and a glass mm-hmm. of wine, mm-hmm. standing in little groups sure. and stuff. Uh, you don't really know anyone there. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. I walk into that situation. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just like I'm terrified. Like I don't even know where to go. I see. I'm probably gonna stand at a table by, by myself and sure. hope that someone approaches me. Sure, sure. Right. Yeah. Um, rather than trying to make that awkward, like I'm gonna like try yeah. to shoulder my way into this circle of yeah. people yeah. that are they clearly all already know each other. Right. I'm gonna like take that example. So how would you guys? Handle, to that. Like, how do you guys, what's the emotion that's going, what's the feeling you have walking <laughs> can, into that situation? Please do. I would so love to I, hear I Joshua. I feel like it's going to be so opposite I know. from me. I know. And before you answer, Joshua, yeah. I'd like to hear, like, because as Frank was mentioning that, I, I wanted to find out, would you want to go one-on-one with those individuals into the midst of the crowd, or could you um, get everyone's attention and address everyone in mass? Not not everyone. That's 500. not your jam. That's not your jam. No. Okay. No. Not so you'd find it difficult to stand in front of a crowd. Maybe if, if there asked. was a subgroup of of five to seven people, three to seven people, I might jump in and be like, "Hey, but let's guys. say as an extrovert, but, yeah. you're walking onto a stage in front of 500 people without any preparation. Would you be out of your element, or would you be like, "All right, let's r- roll with this"? Very much outside of my element. Okay, so isn't that interesting? And I had no preparation, and exactly. I had no absolutely. concept of yes, what, what I was about to yeah, say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, okay. I would not. So that was a, a huge reveal for me, because uh, Joshua is like the extrovert of extroverts, yeah. right? But 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 here's the difference: yes. is that so I I so in, with your example, I I feel similar. I don't know that I would feel like paralyzing fear. I, I wouldn't say that uh, that much, but, like but I would feel I would feel very awkward. I'd yeah. feel out of place, and I'd feel like I don't know what to do. And the reason is because, well, I'm I don't think that I'm not outgoing. I think I'm very outgoing, yeah. and I'm very social, and I can connect with most people. I'm not necessarily bold. 
in particular in a context where I don't know people. Mm. Right? I see. I never if I know that. some people, if I know one person at a table yeah, yeah, yeah. and there's like three other people, great. I'll yeah. walk up and okay. we'll start connecting. I'll yeah, feel okay because I know somebody. I yeah. see. I know nobody. Yeah. <laughs> I do not feel comfortable. See, I feel That's like Binyam can... <laughs> Could just march in there and shoulder himself into that group. Hello, my name's Binyam. Honestly. Everybody, everyone go around the room and tell us your favorite animal and why. And this would happen within five minutes. Not far from the truth. Not far from the truth. Okay, but I have have kind of a follow-up question. Um, Before you do, my response would be excitement. 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 Like, possibilities. You'd Fresh be, like, meat. Salivating. This is amazing. I would be. I'd be like, okay, I'm, I'm starting with like at zero, but I'm going to like, yeah, when I walk into a context in which I know no one, my agenda is I would like to interact with as many people as I can to be able to learn about them and vice versa. And if I was putting myself in the place I put you at in front of a crowd, like 500 cold turkey, I still would have something to go on, you know, just saying, all right, so here's where we're going to engage or go forward. And I guess I just, my mind thinks that way in terms of, Here's opportunity. That's what I see when I, I walk into those settings. Opportunity. I guess I know the confidence that I'm bringing in my experience that I want to share and spread around to everyone. And so, um, yeah, it's it, um, yes. I have some thoughts about in relation to difficulty, but carry on with the follow up there, Yuri. I just, I'm just. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on the prevalence of clicks? Mm. And sort of like that there are kind of friend groups out there that are very mm-hmm. closed off and mm-hmm. very judgmental mm-hmm. and uh, very unlikely to um, to kind of like let someone else infiltrate that group unless they kind of like check certain boxes, you know, or, or is that is that just an imaginary thing? Like I think it exists and I think it just exists far more um, when I was a teenager Um or younger person anyways, than they do now. I think that most, the cliques exist. Groups of friends that are close knit, et cetera, exist. But I don't think that they're as impenetrable as right. they used to be, or as they are when you're younger. Right. That makes sense. I'd probably suggest the alternative. Please. Where, um, I would say, two reasons why I think cliques might exist. One that seems legitimate in my mind, one that does not seem legitimate. So the one that seems legitimate is just a band of friends who are like, hey, this is all our wavelength can handle by way of commitment and friendship. And so we kind of have this closed group here, not because we're trying to be mean to anyone else, but we're just trying to be faithful in our commitments to each other. And this is all we have time-wise or whatever else, right? So there's one that I think is legitimate. Secondly, I think it's the illegitimate kind is the one that's driven by fear. If you don't look like us, um, smell like, like the one that's just really closed off because you are different or other, mm-hmm. that communicates that way. That's the one that I think is unfortunate in its, in its expression. I think it does happen even in adulthood um, in a very enthusiastic way. It may be subtle, again, the way they're communicating it, but it's just very clear, you know, whether you're welcome or not, or if you fit in or not, you know, like, especially when you're working your way into higher, um, stereotypically I'm speaking here, higher echelons um, societally, like the hierarchy in society, right? You go to this bar, oh, so you can hand, like you can afford going to this bar, and so you must be a part of that group. And even, I've heard of those who go to these souped up places, and they still feel like outside of that clique that's inside there, right? Mm-hmm. And I'd say those expressions, Frank, from my perception, are again driven by fear. Fear because there's a lot of insecurity that they're, they haven't quite processed, and so they're trying to beef themselves up with whatever they can um, externally, whatever 
traits that they're saying this is what it means to be part of this group that they're trying to like pat each other with to be able to say we feel legitimate and so we're going to try and assert that and give this presentation this facade of like competence which i think is again correlated with youthfulness or young age because people are more likely to have that immaturity and that sort of psychological need to do that Mm -hmm. whereas when you're older you just it's not as as big of a deal but wouldn't you say it grows into their adulthood, that youthful immaturity expressed as adults? That's what I was saying. Yeah. It can, for okay. sure. Okay. Um, I just don't see it as often. But I, yeah, think gotcha. they, I think it exists in, in adults. Yeah. Um, very much so. Um, I think amongst the wealthy, mm. it does. Mm. Um, mm. And yeah. And yeah, I think... Um, yeah, and also I think amongst still amongst people in their twenties, um, there's sort of uh, tends to be. But I mean, I'm I'm not speaking from experience. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just my kind of like, I guess my my thoughts on sure, it. But, sure, sure. Um, yeah, I mean certainly. So like, my son went to a private school because he has autism, mm-hmm. but it was an expensive school. Mm-hmm. Most of the other parents that were there. Mm were very wealthy and like i was i never really felt like i fit in amongst those other Mm -hmm. parents because they were all like business owners like high level accountants Mm -hmm. lawyers Mm -hmm. um and they certainly you know they certainly had their circles Mm -hmm. you know and their kind of like wine dinners and stuff Mm -hmm. but i was never really invited to those or included in that i never really felt Mm -hmm. like i wanted to either it just mm-hmm. felt like like these are not my people, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. But right. it, to me, that seemed like a click. Yeah. And uh, to me, like it seemed like I don't know if it's an impediment to adult friendship, but just like um, I just like is this is this a group where I feel welcome, you know, or will I feel like I fit in? Yeah. Like yeah, like no, I don't have that half million dollar salary. I don't have the big house and. You know, and I don't have all these nice things, and I don't have friends because of who they are. So, let me see if I can reference what you just said mm-hmm. with your previous example in the way I have understood this this conversation here. And so, when I was saying the heart for me is fear or the expression of fear, mm-hmm. and I appreciate your pushback saying it's not completely fear. You know, so uh, your your contribution I think is good because that doesn't have to do with fear, but. Uh, it still seems to me like the there's a huge piece of this pie that is driven and motivated by fear. And so when I think about the question of, is it difficult for adults to make friendships? And when I think about friendships, I'm thinking about connections socially and relationally, right? Where you're expressing care, love, concern, all those kind of things from one human being to the other, saying, hey, how can we mutually combine ourselves, our lives together so we're experiencing something in solidarity? So that's what I'm understanding. The difficulty in getting to this point of connecting as friends, in my perception, is unfamiliarity with what's in someone else's mind by the way of their intentions. That's like at the very heart of a well, what I'm thinking. I do not know, Joshua, what is inside your mind. I don't know what your present thoughts are at this real-time moment. Neither you, Frank, right? Mm -hmm. The only thing I have to be able to have access to those thoughts is if you voluntarily share and say, hey, here's my name. I'm going to express interest in hanging out with you. And as I'm receiving that information, I can also have the uh, opportunity to respond and say, I'm not interested in you, Frank. Good riddance kind of thing. That's very clear, right? There's no there's no friendship <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah. I can communicate that, right? Yeah. 
But if I communicate, interesting, Frank, thrilled to meet you. Now we're having a mutual expression of interest that's facilitating this melding here. Mm -hmm. And I've never forgotten this term. I'm not sure if I've mentioned it before to you guys, but before relationships can be established or before friendships can be established, first of all, there must be a revelation. Right. Basically, in friendship, what we're doing is revealing ourselves to each other, saying, here's what it means to be me. Yes. And here's what you're describing what that means to be you. And as we're facilitating those revelations, those vulnerable shares uh, from, from either side, that builds a really found, foundational um, um, uh, stability for this mixing of lives. That's where friendship yeah. is beautiful. However, the difficulty that we're referencing in our question here, in my perception, comes when we aren't able to experience those expressions of interest in, in another person because we're not sure what's in their mind. And when we're not sure what's in their Fear. mind, our minds usually, often, and I would say this for most of us, our minds are very active and um, creative in giving us the worst case scenario. I must look really stupid to that group of people, that group of parents. I do not fit on them. They must think I'm like worthless. They must think I'm like uh, a bum on the, on the side of the street. Well, what's he doing in this context for you? Like our minds will think of like really elaborate um, uh, narratives or stories that diminish our courage and debilitate our exp um, courage because it takes courage to vulnerably place yourself out there and say, hi, I'm actually interested in you. I'm putting myself out there to see if you're also going to respond this way. And when that fear element kicks in saying, oh, if you stick yourself out there like this, you're going to get shut down. You're going to get like pulverized. And so when we believe those narratives, we're more hesitant to express those um, intentions of I want to connect with someone which takes the vulnerability piece and which takes that that walking on the plank if you will to say are you going to meet me here at this place that's just at a very simplistic level how I see this converse, uh, this uh, question being unfolded yeah, I in my familiar reference completely, uh, in the sense that mm -hmm. I feel much much instantly much sure. much closer with someone yeah. if I felt like they've let their guard down and I've been able to let my guard down and sure. it's almost like Oh, hey, we have this common interest, kind of yeah, interest or not even interest, just even like a common vulnerability, mm. or some kind of like oh, like oh, hey, I can relate with you too about that, you know. And then all of a sudden, I feel like oh, now I feel like I can let my guard down, and I feel like we can connect at a deeper level, yeah, because all of a sudden our interaction is authentic. Which answers a question I asked at the previous podcast when we were talking about each other's interests, and we were kind of surprised by some of those. And I think one of the questions I asked you, maybe in the podcast or outside of it, I don't remember, was, Frank, we don't have very much in common. Why does our friendship have so like <laughs> such depth to it, right? You're into science. I'm so not into science. You're like... You're like at this academic level. I'm not. You have this, you know, world that's different from mine, and yet there's something. And I think you just answered for me. Mm -hmm. There was that mutual expression of vulnerability that says, "I'm willing to be real with you. Are you willing to be real?" Yes. With me? Mm -hmm. and so that really helps. So take me back now to your example that you said, walking into a room of 500 people. What's my response? Mm -hmm. My response, I think, just because I've worked at this over time, and also because I think I've had a unique experience, um, unlike most people, in that. Most people are walking in the world with a, a tremendous sense of fear that the world hates them. The world sees them as less than, right? And so they're just trying to cover up all those insecurities as best as they can, but it doesn't take it away, right? So I've just, uh, my experience is different because from a young age, I think um, just socially, I've been seeing the smiles of the world. The world has been kind to me, whereas to most people, they don't see that or feel that or experience that. 
And so that's imbibed in me this confidence to be able to extend myself and express interest because I'm very confident of what kind of response I'm going to have on the other end. And in, in the course of teaching, one of the things, I, I, the one, one of the points I make is we're debilitated by fear, so we shut ourselves down and we we have the outcome already. Um, it's like almost a self-fulfilling prophecy. I'm not going to do it, so yeah, you're just not going to have anything. Whereas in my experience, 95, 98% of the time, I continue to extend myself and saying, I'm interested, and the response is a resounding hell yes. And that's what people don't have access to because they've never worked up the courage to start in those incremental ways to say, this is the experience. It wasn't as bad as I thought. The worst case scenario didn't come to fruition. And that's something that we don't have access to until we... So that's why I was saying when I walk into that room of 500 people, I'm seeing opportunity. My fear category is almost like nil. Why? Because I'm seeing tremendous opportunity. And I put myself out there. Sure, not everyone's going to be game. But the the ones that say no are so few in, in number for me. And the response of overwhelming like uh, generosity and kindness and so on is just so great. I'm like, I know how this is going to go. It's almost like I'm talking about something that people have no understanding of because they've never experienced that. Do you know what I'm saying? So I, I, I want to comment on this, which is this topic as it relates to age. Sure. So... I think that I'm fairly socially competent. I can go into Absolutely. a group and I can engage and yeah. have a good conversation, yeah. etc. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that was always the case. If you yeah, like, look okay. at the Joshua of 10 years old or 12 or if whatever. If you guys could just see the pictures of Joshua, the kid on the wall right here. They're self-portraits, by the way. But anyway, carry, carry on. Um, <laughs> I, I was not like that. Okay. Uh, I was not as socially competent. And, and I imagine that's most people too, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like... Um, how many people can, especially as a young person, go into a group of people, a contact, say, say their age, mm-hmm. and engage with new people mm-hmm. um, where they know each other, you don't know them, mm-hmm. and be on the top, mm-hmm. um, come out on the on top mm-hmm. socially. Yeah. Um, they're able to bring up topics and yeah. engage with them yeah. on a good level. Yeah. Some, yeah. but not that many. Right. And so it means what does that mean that means the fear of going into those groups mm-hmm. is an adaptive fear in mm-hmm. other words don't do it because you're going to not look very competent right. and that won't go well which right. it legit right. often doesn't when yeah. you're young and that and then the problem with that fear is that it, it you hold on to it even yeah. though as yeah. you get older yeah. perhaps you are far more socially competent yeah. Yeah. but you still have that feeling that's been stored in your body of that has been not. processed it hasn't been worked through, or uh, worked through, or the assumptions that we make from when we're young, yeah, yeah. we hold on to those assumptions Absolutely. that those people are looking Absolutely. down at me. Yeah. And the truth of the matter is, they they're just trying to figure out their own stuff. Age, yeah. But again, as people get older, they're more gracious, they're yeah. more mature. Yeah. They're probably yeah. Yeah. not that none would, but probably less likely to look at someone that enters a group and and look down on them and think, oh, what a what a weirdo, what a moron kind of thing, right? Um, and so that fear then is mm-hmm. no longer as adaptive mm-hmm. because actually it's a safe environment. Mm-hmm. It's nuanced. I'm not saying it's black. It, it, it is safe when you're older and it's not when you're younger. Of course, it's, it's far more nuanced. Than that. I'm, I mean more, it becomes safer. Sure. But perhaps people continue to still hold on to that fear. I think so. I think so. When you're describing those parents me like I don't fit here mm-hmm. um, I hear of like from people who are saying maybe stereotypically a certain place is full of snobs or like they're really like difficult like they move to a new area and they're like I didn't like living in that place because they were very clicky and you just couldn't and in- uh, intersect any community because they were closed off I hear those Frank and do you know what's going on in my mind 
holy crap, that would be an amazing opportunity. I would love to have that experience there. Why? Because I'd like to be able to... When I walk into those groups, Joshua, like you were just describing, walking into a room, everyone knows each other. I don't know anyone there. Um, and there's just that familiarity there. Um, I don't even recognize what they have established. I'm walking in there as if I'm also going to have a, sp- a spot at this table. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to engage in such a way whereby it usually does happen where I become like... An intr- 